sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we know every time we celebrate a marriage, we celebrate wedding vows, we are reminded that marriage is a picture of the relationship between Christ and His church. And that's throughout all of Scripture. Frequently, God likens, He compares His relationship with Israel or with His people to a marriage between a husband and wife, and how fitting that is. It's a relationship not based on feelings and emotions. It's a relationship of love, definitely. But love, that is, while it includes feelings, includes emotions and, and affections, at its core is a love that is a commitment to seek the good of, of the other on the basis of promises that have been made. Promises signified and sealed with, well, in the old covenants, uh, circumcision and the Passover and the new covenants, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Just like with a wedding, the, the wedding rings signify and seal those, those promises that are made. So God makes a covenant with His people and the basis of these promises, solemnized with signs and seals, forges this permanent relationship with His people, a relationship of love built upon promises. And so we delight in marriage. And we see how far so often our marriages fall short of that ideal. But that's only all the more. Makes us, makes us uh, stand in awe and praise and wonder of God's love to us, an unworthy bride, a, a sinful people. Well, the Apostle Paul here in Romans 7, as he searches for, inspired by the Spirit, of course, but searches for an analogy to help us understand what does this mean? As he introduced in chapter 6, that believers are no longer under law, but under grace. What does that mean? In what sense? Do you mean the law is negative and bad, holy and entirely? And if not, then in what way are you speaking here of the dominion of the law? What what does this mean? Now, there are many difficult things in this passage. Uh, I found it very, very hard to, to struggle through this past week. May the Lord bless that work by His grace. But there are many th- tough things in Romans 7 as we ch- seek to understand uh, what is Paul talking about when he talks about the, the law and the, the sinful flesh and, and the eye who wants to do what is right, but the eye who doesn't do that. It's not always easy to understand, but at root, it comes down to this. Paul introduces in Romans 7 and will bring into glorious light in in Romans chapter 8 that the Christian life is defined by union with Jesus Christ. We are married to Christ. And this, this sets the tone for our whole lives. It is all-embracing. It changes everything. We are now married to Christ. And our connection to the law, the way the law functions in our life now as a friend, as a servant, no longer as a dominating master, or even, we might even say, no longer as an abusive husband. And I'll explain that a little bit later on. But that is all. That all has to do with my new relationship, my new covenants with the Lord Jesus Christ, that I obey Him out of love. This is a relationship based on grace, and the law of God still functions, but not as a slave master, 
but now as my friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll see how believers, believers are delivered from the bondage of the law to freedom of life, of life in Christ. Believers are delivered from bondage of the law to freedom, a freedom of life in Christ. First of all, we'll look at the old master, that is the law. The old master, the law. Secondly, our new husband, Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, our new love. That is the new affection in our heart, the new hearts, literally that, or, or spiritually, that we have in the Holy Spirit. The old master, the law, their new husband, Jesus Christ, and our new hearts, our new love in the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. The old master, the law. The Apostle Paul begins by saying, okay, you know that uh, the law only has authority over you. You can only be fined. You can only be found as a, as a criminal. You can only be, be uh, prosecuted under the law as long as you are alive. Once you're dead, you know, there's not much the law can do anymore. And Paul is going to go on to say, and now here's what's happened, is not that the law has died, but you have died. And as you have died, that is your sin nature has died. So you are dead to the law in the old relationship that you had with that law. And so as he's heading that way, he, he proceeds then to, to say, for example, take marriage. Woman married to her husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as her husband is alive. If she leaves her husband uh, to be with another man, that would be adultery. But if her husband dies, now she is free, free to marry another man, and that would be holy and right and good in God's sight. She is set free from that law of marriage or that law binding her to her husband. Then the Apostle Paul says, therefore or so for you, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to one another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. He's saying in this case, this is not ex- there's not an exact parallel between the, the husband and the wife analogy, but it comes down to this. Is a death has occurred that has delivered you from the bondage of the law, of that old relationship in which you were married to the law. However, the death in this case is not the law to which you were married, but the death is your death. You died. And so you have been delivered from bondage to the law, from the burden of the law. Okay, in what sense? If you are like me, you right away think, that sounds like Paul is saying that the law is a bad thing. We read the Ten Commandments every Sunday. And we know that God wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger. That's the only thing in all of the Bible that he wrote with his own finger on tablets of stone, gave to Moses, and commanded him to put those Ten Commandments in the Ark of the Covenant, sealed there as an everlasting testimony. Now, this is the constitution of, of his covenant with his people. This is the way we are called to live in, in thanksgiving to him, having been set free from Egypt. We say, Paul, are you saying that the law is bad? No, he's not. In the next section, 
verses 7 to 14 or 13, he says, the law is good, just, and righteous. There is nothing wrong with the law. The problem is me. The problem is me. Do we get rid of the law when we are saved by grace? No. Romans 13, verses 8 to 10, when Paul is instructing us now, how are we to live in thanksgiving? He gives us the last six commandments, the Ten Commandments. In other words, those Ten Commandments still apply to us. They are abiding. The ceremonial law of the Old Testament, the sacrifices and so forth, those have been fulfilled in the sacrifice of Christ. So those being fulfilled, well, they are no longer abiding for us. And so the civil laws, you know, certain punishments for certain crimes, well, God gave those, he said, for your life in the land. Well, we are no longer merely the Jews living in the land of Israel where Jerusalem is the capital and so forth and so on. No, but indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we are a spiritual people spread across the face of the earth. So those civil laws no, no longer apply specifically in that same form to us anymore. But what does continue to apply is the moral law, the heart of it all, the Ten Commandments, of which everything else in the Mosaic Law is an application. But the heart, the Ten Commandments, those still apply. Those are not bad. They are not burdensome. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, says the Lord Jesus Christ. Love and the law, those go together in our relationship with with the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's... What Paul is saying is that we can speak of the law. We can speak of the law as a cruel master. Or like Martin Luther would say, the law is a donkey. He would use another term. The law is a a donkey. We can even speak of the law as once having been, apart from Christ, an abusive husband. Not that the law is, is bad, in and of itself. But in this, when it partners with my sinful flesh, and I do not have Christ, I do not have grace, and I do not have the Holy Spirit, when we separate the law from God, and it's just me and the law, and now the law becomes my way of salvation, now it becomes an abusive husband. Now it becomes something of sin and misery that leads to death. Verse 5, Paul says, For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit for death. That marriage was fruitful, but it only produced death. Because the problem is not the law, right? It's not you, it's me. We, we, a boyfriend might say to, her, to his girlfriend, you know, it's not you, it's me. Well, it's not the law as much as it is me, but when the law now, misused, separated from the Lord Jesus Christ, partners with my sinful flesh as a husband to me, all it can say is, you messed up. You sinned. You deserve to be punished, and I can't forgive you. I won't forgive you. I keep on giving you all of these commandments. You never live up to them. But I don't 
diminish my commandments. The bar is still up here. You need to meet this, but you're not meeting it. But I can't help you. I'm not going to help you. If we don't have Jesus Christ and we don't have grace and it's just me and the law, then that produces death. And so the Apostle Paul certainly has in mind, to a large degree, those Jews who had rejected Jesus Christ, who is the goal of the law. When they reject Christ, they don't just reject part of God. You know, I've heard that before. Well, the Jews, they, they still believe in part of God. Well, no, if you reject Christ, you reject the triune God, and there is no other God. And so they had rejected God. And what happens now is they have the law, and they boast in the law, and they say, you know what sets us apart is this law, but they don't have God. They don't have Christ. And then they have no life in themselves. They have no forgiveness. There is no grace. They are dead in sin, dead in self-rule, self-worship, hating God, loving sin. And the Apostle Paul says that way of legalism, of thinking that the law can save you or that you can save yourself just by getting more law and, and following more demands, that only produces death. But... Here's the good news, is that in Christ you have been set free from that. You've been set free from that bondage of the law. Now, as we'll see, that doesn't mean that the law of God no longer applies in any sense. But no, now it applies to us in Jesus. Okay, so let's go to verse 4 again. To help explain that. So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive him in faith. What, is, what happens? The Holy Spirit takes you to Christ. Takes you to 2,000 years ago where, where Jesus died. Takes you to the cross. And says that's where your guilt was placed And all that Christ has accomplished for you there at the cross, that is yours because you belong to Him. You are His and He is yours. And His history is now your history. His past is now your past. Your sins were paid for there. And you died with the Lord Jesus Christ and in Him. But not only that, you were raised with Christ. To Him, so that you, you died with Him so that you might belong to another to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. Not only were we forgiven the cross, but we were raised to new life at the empty tomb. When Christ was raised from the dead, so we join him in that resurrection life. And more than that yet, he now reigns in heaven as the risen Lord. And we are united to him. We're united to the, to the one who, who rules the heavens and the earth, our flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, raised from the dead forever now. He brings us into that resurrection life until one day we live in the new creation. And Paul is saying, now you're married to this Savior. And married to Him, you have a new relationship. 
And this bears fruit to life. This is a fruitful marriage. We, we all know that when God created uh, marriage, one of the purposes for marriage was to be fruitful in terms of bearing children. Now, in a fallen world, sometimes that, that's not possible. A husband and wife can't produce children. That's a painful, grievous thing. I do not wish to ignore that or make light of it. But at the same time, we know that's grievous because it's not the way it's supposed to be and we pray against it. We pray for God to give those children because He's created marriage to be fruitful. Well, now we are married to Christ. We are married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we belong to Him in His death and in His resurrection, it is impossible for that relationship with Christ not to bear fruit. And so we are rescued from bondage to the law which just riles up sin. Right? It's like a spoon in a glass that there's a little bit of sediment on the bottom and you stick the spoon in and all of that sediment starts to churn around. Well, that's what the law does. That's who I once was. All it did was create more sin and a desire to do more evil things. And I hated God and I loved sin. Now that's all changed. I belong to Jesus Christ. I've been, set, I've been forgiven of my sins. I've been set free from the dominion of sin. And so the law then, I've been delivered from the, from the law as that abusive husband saying, do more, but I won't help you. You are condemned, but I can't forgive you. And Christ says, I love you. And I receive you as you are. I accept you as you are. And all your sins, past, present, and future, forgiven. And not only that, but that dominion of sin, I break that. And I give you what you need to live a new life. I will help you. When you're fallen, I won't beat you down. I will restore you. When you've sinned, I won't cast you out. I will draw you in. That's our new husband. Even our Lord Jesus Christ. And now in Him, the law is my friend. Now in Christ, I serve the law not as a performance-based religion, not as a business transaction. You know, if I pay the rent, God, you've got to give me a home. No, but as it is rooted in grace. And I have been given all of this. I am justified, declared righteous because on the basis of Christ's righteousness alone, I have this all up front and I have a new life. Now who will I serve? Well, when I look at the Lord Jesus Christ, I see the law lived out in all of its splendor and beauty. I see the holiness and the righteousness of Jesus Christ and I love Him because He died for me and He has given me a new life. I was condemned and He forgave me and I was broken and helpless and He renewed me. And so I look at Him and say, how I love Your law, O Lord. I want to follow it. I want to look more like You, Lord Jesus. That's the, the power, as Thomas Chalmers said, that's the power of a new affection. And that's precisely what Paul talks about next. Is how does this all take place? Belonging to Jesus, what, what does that change? How does this happen? And he says this is through the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Now, there is a whole biblical theology 
in that verse. And it's sometimes difficult because what we're talking about is, is the letter of the Old Covenant in this sense. In the Old Covenant, where was the law deposited? On two tablets of stone. So it was external. It was outside of God's people. Over here, you want to know the law? You want to follow the law? Here you go. Here are some tablets of stone. You want to see Jesus Christ? You come to the tabernacle. You come to the temple. And there you see Him in the shadows. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, that was glorious. It was not bad. It was not wicked. It wasn't a, it wasn't a religion of works righteousness. There was grace In the Mosaic Covenant, God first redeemed his people out of Egypt, and then he said, here you go. Here's the the law that guides your, your love for me. But the problem was, because it was merely external, and because it did not, could not give life to their hearts, is that the history of Israel is one long not unbroken. There were faithful men and women in, in Israel. But the Bible, the Bible testifies to how often the gospel, the promises were not received in faith, but with hard-heartedness and a stiff neck. Now, there was still grace in the Mosaic Covenant. God still gave His Holy Spirit. Psalm 51, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But it was always looking, leading to and longing for something more. And that more, Jeremiah 31, says a new thing I'm going to do, not like I did before. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. In Ezekiel 36 I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. The Lord Jesus Christ, rising from the dead, ascending into heaven, poured out his spirit. You wanted to behold Christ and the power of the Spirit in the Old Testament, you went to the temple. Now those who belong to Christ, the Spirit is within them. Christ lives in His people through His Spirit. He said to His disciples, don't be afraid. It's, it, this is, it's your, for, for your advantage when I go away. He says, I'm with you now. You have me in your midst, but when I go away, I will be in you. I will be with you in an even greater way. I will be in you when I send my Holy Spirit to you. And this is what Paul is saying. You now follow in the newness of the Spirit, the Spirit at work within you, imprinting Christ upon your heart and His law so that you serve with this new love, this new affection. He has written this. He's writing this law on your hearts. No, not perfectly. We're still so far from perfection but we are radically new, radically different. And so brothers and sisters, in the Lord Jesus Christ, a couple points of application. When you have fallen into sin again, 
What you don't need, what you do not need, is more law and more punishment and trying harder and trying to do repentance exactly right so that you can get his forgiveness. You come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your husband. You are married to him. This is a forever relationship established in grace. You need him. When you see the weakness of your flesh, you don't need to go to some, some you know, 12-step method to, to renew your heart, as helpful as those 12-step methods may be. You don't need, again, more rules. And, and working harder, you need the Spirit. And so you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now our treasure. He is our master. He is our Lord. He is our husband. And he loves us with an everlasting love. He is the one who says, in our burdens in our sin, in our ungodliness, in our enmity, he says, you come to me and I will give you a new life of forgiveness, of renewal, and of obedience unto fruit. Fruit that, that grows even unto eternal life. Amen. Let's respond in song with Psalm 116.